Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Nathan, and I'm here always with my co-host, Karen Henson. What's up, Karen? What up? This week, we got part three with Jonathan Morrow and Brooke Hempel talking about Gen Z. Here you go. This week, we're finishing up our conversation with Jonathan Morrow and Brooke Hempel. Uh, Jonathan is with Impact 360 which is an organization that equips and launches Gen Z out into the world. They're located just south of Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to hear a little bit more about them in a minute. But uh, it's great to have you, Jonathan. Hey, it's great to be back. And then we've also got Brooke Hempel, who's with the Barna Group. Barna has partnered with Impact 360 to uh, push out this study on Generation Z, which is uh, anyone born from 99 to basically present day. And so Brooke has done a lot of research on this age group and this generation. So Brooke, we're excited to have you on again today. Thanks. Great to be here. Tell us a little bit more about Gen Z in regard to diversity. So obviously the world is increasingly every day becoming a much smaller place that is more of a melting pot. And that obviously has an impact on uh, how people are shaped and formed. So talk to us a little bit about Gen Z in regard to diversity. It is exactly that in, in that our country is really diversifying and um Indeed, becoming a melting pot, there's a lot of multi-ethnic um, kids and teens today in our culture um, who just have a really diverse life experience. Um, they're diverse in a lot of ways, but the ethnic ethnic component I did just want to kind of bring up because it's really something that I think um, communities need to think about and people need to be aware of like the diversity of relationships their kids may be having so that they can try to understand the world they're living in a little bit better. So for example, uh, in 2016, the kindergarten class that started school that year, it was the first year ever that minority ethnicities made up the majority of students. So the diversity in these kids' classrooms today mm. um, is tremendous. And, and that's going to be higher in some places and lower in other places, depending on what area you know of a city that you might live in or town. Um, but the reality is they're growing up expecting to see all sorts of diversity around them, diversity of opinions, diversity of economic groups, diversity of the way people look and diversity of the way that they act and their kind of rhythms and, and values. Um, and that's the norm to them. And they're very um, aware of that, sensitive to that, and empathetic to that, which is a really beautiful thing that they get to kind of experience that. I almost want to protect that and not let them be mm -hmm. kind of affected by the world. Yeah, around. right, right. <laughs> Is mm -hmm. it my, right? <laughs> Preserve that. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, really important to what defines them or who they are. Mm. And I think it's important for um, churches, especially to be cognizant of that because our churches don't always look like that. Mm. <laughs> and so what we show up as, um, you know, to someone who's maybe never walked into a church before might look really different from the classroom they just mm. came from. Mm -hmm. Man, that's that's such a good point, because if we look at older generations, it's almost like they don't know how to interact with those who are um, of a different background or culture than them. And Gen Z doesn't know how not to do that. Yeah. That's that's their world. That's their home. That's where they feel safe. And so it absolutely makes sense that if they walk into an environment that is uh, opposed to that, 
but it would be just another barrier to have to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to diversity, though, Brooke, how have you seen this generation move toward one another in ways that you see in the future? Hey, this is going to shape and form them in unique ways that's going to have this type of impact in 10 years, 20 years. One thing about doing research like this is when you study things and you start to see patterns, then you can almost in a weird way, like predict the future, you know? (laughs) And so what do you see just through your research and where they're headed? I mean, just in so many ways, um, they just have people uh, in their lives, uh, whether those are family members or friends or peers at school um, who are different than them and they appreciate that and they value that. And that is absolutely the majority uh, who have that experience. But I think what's interesting is I think you'll have two effects. One is that you'll have that appreciation, that empathy for others. But the other is there's likely to be a portion who will struggle with that, who will feel uncomfortable with that and um, react against that in some way. Um, Maybe try to connect with other people who are like them because that feels disconcerting. And so you have a little bit of splitting um, of, of groups where people might be seeking their own just to feel comfortable. Um, You know, people who are like them, who think like them, who have the same values, but also recognizing simply that the world around them is quite different. So it's a tension that they live in. And I think that that is, um, you know, a wonderful, healthy tension. We also have to help them learn how to converse in that tension, um, how to have conversations across those divides. One of the things that naturally happens as people get older and they do eventually have a family or they do buy a home they begin to be around more and more people who are like them. So you almost have to work harder to preserve that diversity, right? That's a little more inherent in a school environment and it's less common as you settle into later stages. So helping them to see that, appreciate that and and long to continue um, connecting across things that are different in their lives um, is, is something that can be bred in them even today that could uh, really help our public discourse and help our, our empathy towards one another. That's such a great observation, Brooke, because I think also underneath that is the mixture of this idea of what is true tolerance and what does that look like in a culture as as different people, different beliefs and backgrounds come together and talk about stuff that matters. And I think there's kind of a new definition of tolerance, which is all ideas are equally true, which is that's obviously going to be a train wreck for everybody because Mm -hmm. we just know that's not how reality works. It's not how prescriptions work. That's not how it works. But we need to recover kind of a a true sense of tolerance, which is I extend to you the right to be wrong about questions that matter. And please extend that right to me. And I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect, even though we disagree. And we all need to be able to talk about these things because one of the things that's happening with different backgrounds, different conversations is when you lose truth, all you end up with, and the only tool left in the bag for people is power. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of this us versus them struggle where I win, you lose, or you lose, and I win, or whatever that looks like. And that's not a good place to be for any of us. And so any way that in that conversation, so I love what I see about Gen Z, and they're bringing what they see as normal, that there are people with different perspectives or different backgrounds and everything else, different ethnicities, all that stuff is so good. And then the question is, in that midst of that, are we going to be able to equip this generation to have better conversations that don't just end up relativizing everything at the end of the day that really matters because that's Mm going to lead to some possible conflict and we'll have to work through it, but that's part of the human process and all this. So there's a lot of amazing opportunities for the gospel for Gen Z when it comes to the ideas of diversity and engaging other people, but we also can't lose the idea of truth and kind of a true tolerance in that either. Especially 
in today's society. I mean, uh, when you're talking about the all you're left with is power, my first thought that came in my head, sarcasm, was, well, we don't see that at all today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, all, yeah, what, all, what is that? That's yeah, exactly funny. right. I mean, all we're doing is uh, separating from one another and entrenching. And there's a lot of negative effects for that. I mean, uh, the ultimately what happens, as history has shown, is war, you know? So that that's not good. Let me share an example of what this looks like and how this can be transformational for, for Gen Z. So one of the things that we get to do during the summers is they're at our immersion experiences. We'll take students, um, we'll actually study different worldviews, and we'll study the worldview of Islam, right? That's, a, that's an important worldview. We'll spend mm-hmm. a lot of time doing our best thinking about that. But then we don't leave it there. We'll take our students and we'll go to the largest mosque in Georgia and they get to watch them observe prayers and then the Imam will present, hey, here's why Islam is true. And then they get to ask questions. And then he and I have a conversation about some of these things and we debrief it all with them. And what's powerful about that is they see people with very different points of view about stuff that matters, about Jesus and the Bible and the Quran and everything else in a civil sort of way without relativizing it. And then theology and all these questions that they maybe have been on a page for them growing up, this comes alive. There's a real person. Those are real people who believe something really different than I do. And then they learn to have compassion and everything else. And so that experiential worldview learning is so important for this next generation. It's one of the foundations of everything we do here at Impact 360. But that's just, it's fun to see the confidence and some of the light bulbs come on for students when they get to have some of those kind of experiences. Yeah. So talk to us about Impact 360. There's no doubt a lot of parents listening to this who are going, man, I'd, I'd love for my kid to be better equipped by people who think about this a lot more than I do and, and in deeper ways. And so what do you tell them? What do you guys offer there? And like, what's, what's the goal of your organization? And uh, what are some of the opportunities that you have as far as equipping this next generation? As Impact 360, what we want to be is an ally for you as a parent and you as a church, like at Watermark and other churches, mm. to come alongside the great work and the great conversations that you're having. There's just power in getting students in environments that aren't their normal ones, where other people are saying the same kind of things that you would want said to your kids in those environments where they get to be mentored and equipped. And so what does that look like for us? Well, the best way to find out about everything we offer is just go to impact360.org, impact360.org. We have summer experiences. We have a one-week experience called Propel, which is basically an experience around discipleship and identity and influence. And what does that look like for me to really live out my faith in the environment that I'm in as a high schooler? And then we have a two-week immersion experience, which is kind of the other side of the coin, which is kind of around that question, is Christianity really true? How do I know it's true? Do I own this? Is this my parents' faith? Is this my faith? And then we give them real-world experiences where we'll take them to a college campus. We'll go to Georgia Tech and get them in spiritual conversations. We'll train them. and then, But hey, guess what? We're actually going to do something with this. And it's so fun to see them come alive. So that's immersion. That's our two-week summer experience for high schoolers. And a recent college graduates can attend that as well. So like if you're graduating high school in May and heading off to college in the fall, you can totally come to Immersion or Propel. And then we also have a nine-month gap year called our Impact 360 Fellows in which we basically give students the gift of space. You know, think about it. You know, they'd be going K through 12, flat out, take the ACT, SAT, and then it's right on into college. And many times they just need some time to reflect on who they're becoming, who do they want to be to come. What do they believe about the big questions of life? Is there a community of other believers who can come alongside and mentor and shape and equip them? 
Um, so we, we cover ethics and worldview and apologetics and economics and poverty. We cover all that stuff. We give them mm-hmm. an experience in Brazil for a month, uh, serving cross-culturally there to kind of broaden their perspective and learn how to serve others well in the context that they're in. So it's basically giving them the gift of nine months to figure out who is it that I'm becoming? Who do I want to become? Who has God called me to be? And is this really true? So that's that's our fellows experience, which is a blast. So I teach in all of those things. And uh, it's just at the end of the day, we want to be a place uh, at Impact 360 that's really an ally for the church, an ally for parents uh, to come alongside and support the good work that you're doing. So if we can do that, please let us know. We've got podcasts and videos and animated videos on concepts and little impact answer videos and courses and whatever you might find helpful, but you can find all of that at impact360.org because we just want to be a good ally to you in training this next generation because we want to see them following Jesus, not just when they're five or 15, but when they're 75, right? Yeah, Having an influence on that next generation. I love it. So what what have you heard from graduates, especially of like the fellows and the immersion programs about the... the uh, pardon the pun about the impact <laughs> that, that those experiences have had on them as they've grown. And now I'm sure some of your grads are married and have kids. And what have they said about how critical that was for them? So I just got an email the other day uh, from one of our students and fellows just thanking us for that time. They were preparing to do a presentation as a senior in college. And they're like, hey, I was equipped to think about these issues well in a challenging environment. Or another one, hey, I'm going back to my high school, and I think I'm the only Christian I know at my high school, mm. but now I know what to say. I, I know how to have a spiritual conversation where I'm not going to be, for lack of a better way of saying it, intellectually bullied, because there's sometimes they feel like, oh, I don't know what to say, but now they've got some tools and some training to know what to say. And they're like, you know, God felt like I was praying to a ceiling before I came here, and then mm. to see a vision of the Christian life that's bigger and that God is real and involves in every area of life you know, it's it's amazing. I could kind of go on and on about it, but basically it's just inviting students to pursue Christianity, not just this version that's only one or two hours on a Sunday morning, but real biblical Christianity where Christianity is true. The gospel is good news for everybody. Jesus is raised from the dead and you can have good reasons for this. You don't need to be ashamed of this. And this is the best way to live. This is exciting. Let's get out there and share our faith. Let's invite people into this. Let's love and serve people well. And when they get a vision for that, that they have a part to play in it, it, it's amazing, right? And so that's what we get excited coming along students and and helping them do and uh, see those light bulbs come on and and just really pushing them on to what's next for them because that's we just want to cheer them on along the way. Mm. As I listen to you talk, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting a little sad that I've aged out. (laughs) I've been cut off. Do you have a program for 39-year-olds? Can can we still come? It's our our third gap year. We'll do a a triple gap year. Yeah, there you go, triple gap. Yeah, we'll we'll start one just for you guys. That's awesome. joke, but I'll be expecting an email when that's launching. Uh, You know, part of what's been so exciting to listen to, not only about Impact 360, but even in this conversation, is just the the belief that you have in this generation. So often when we approach uh, conversations just about the different generations, they they turn so negative. Uh, We start to list all of the things that are are wrong or bad or that we see that uh, aren't going well for specific age groups. And as we've been talking, you've just really kind of lifted that. And so can you even go further and kind of cast a vision for who this generation could be in the future if they're grasping all of these things that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I I love getting to work with Gen Z. I mean, they're fun. I mean, they're creative. 
And so they, the, the potential for influence in this generation with the hyper-connected world that we live in is, is mind-boggling. And so if they can catch a vision for who Jesus is and what he's called them to, and this is actually reality, this is not just a compartmentalized version of what I'm doing, can make all the difference. So a couple of things we can help them with and what could be true of them, if they can bring careful thinking along with empathy and strong feeling, that's going to be an amazing combination. Oh, for that's them. a game changer. Yeah. Because if you can then rightly channel and orient those good feelings of empathy and wanting to include people and wanting people to feel known and valued and, and helped and part of and not left out. I mean, that in and of itself is amazing. But then when you bring all the resources of the Christian worldview to bear on that and the vision for life, because if there really is a God and I think there is and Christianity is really true. And I think it is that changes everything. And when they see that, then they're like, oh, wow, there is not a conflict between me loving my friend and talking to them about what's true. There's an order, obviously, that you don't you know, come into the conversation and back, back up the truck and share everything you've possibly heard in, 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 in an hour conversation. But those two worlds come together, and they can do that for this generation. They're, they're creative. Um, they've grown up with screens. They've grown up with instant connection. So there's abilities that they have that no generation before them has had. They're going to have opportunities to leverage new things like artificial intelligence and innovation and, and finding new ways to serve and help people in ways that, that we haven't even thought of yet because we don't think in those categories that they do. Mm-hmm. So if we can help them imperfectly but do our best to see life Christianly, give them some reasons for faith, some wise relationships, build some of those rhythms into their everyday life that will sustain a Christian life, then they'll have that character and, and the training to kind of go into that world with that activist mindset that I, I do want to change things. I do want to make a difference. And and that's the power of, I think, and why I get so excited. That's why we get so excited here in Back360 to work on this generation because the potential is amazing. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there's tensions. There's all that. But we can totally uh, move into this with confidence and they can they can truly have amazing influence. Yeah, but there, I mean, there's been challenges and with every generation, you know, yeah. and they it's, are not yeah. It, yeah, it's not they're not unique in that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of times is lost on people because we think yeah. that our generation is like, well, we got we we got it all figured out, and you know, we get, let us help <laughs> you over there. When when actually you look at the history of of mankind and and especially the history of Christianity, and what you see is this stream throughout all generations of the Holy Spirit shaping and forming and using the things that are going on in society and in culture and in current events, he's not necessarily like having to fight those things and be like, Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, he's actually using them in their own unique giftedness to advance the kingdom of God. And so I think that we have to have that forward looking positive vision for what God is continuing to do to save the world. And I think mm-hmm. what's really fun is the older I get, the more I look back and I'm like, man, it's going to be super cool to see what happens in the next 10 or 15, 20 years to see how the Lord uniquely uses you guys and, and to cheer them on. I mean, yes, be there to mentor, be there to relationally connect, be there to, but, uh, but ultimately to just be like, Hey, I, God is going to do something amazing with you, and I'm excited to watch it. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because the way I like to put it is, look, every generation of Christians has to live at the intersection of faith and culture, and now mm. it's our turn. So yep. Augustine's already had his turn, Calvin, Wesley, Lewis, mm-hmm. you know, Schaefer, Martin Luther King Jr., everybody, I mean, they had their own tensions and opportunities, 
and this is our turn. Yep. And so there's certain tensions around sexuality and gender or identity or technology or certain things that are just kind of our cultural moment. And that's totally okay. Mm. And the gospel will shine just as bright in those as it has in previous generations. But we just have to learn how to equip these students for those tensions that we know are coming. And so mm. that's part of our responsibility as we try to pass on our faith to the next generation, because God is really asking us, you know, faithfulness of us in this, in this moment to say, what's the landscape? What's the horizon? How can we best propel this next generation forward? So they're making disciples and they're making disciples and that continues on in the future. Mm. Amen. Well, man, this conversation has been so interesting over the last three weeks. We really appreciate both you, Jonathan, and all the work you're doing over at Impact 360 and uh, are just grateful for the way the the Lord has been using you and the unique ministry that you have. And so we really appreciate you being on with us, man. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure to be with you guys. Love it. And then also, Brooke, I'm super grateful for the often thankless work that researchers do, <laughs> kind of the behind the scenes uh, hard spade work that the Lord's called you guys into spaces that are really, really, really useful and effective for guys like me. And so I'm grateful for your ministry and I appreciate you being a part of this conversation. Thank you so much. It's great to just be able to, to share these things. And I hope that they are really useful to your parents and um, you know those who are listening to the podcast. Yeah. So one, one last thing, one last question for you, Brooke, how do people get this study that you've released with Impact 360? Uh, Where do they need to go to get that? Yeah. Um, there's a great resource website called whoisgenz.com where you can see some of the videos that we've um, put together about uh, the findings, and you can also download or, or, or find a place to connect um, and, and purchase a copy of the book that can either be downloaded or, or a physical copy can be ordered. Love it. Whoisgenz.com. We hope all of y'all enjoyed this conversation with Brooke and Jonathan. If you did, subscribe, tell your friends, and email us any questions that you may have at equippingpodcast at watermark.org. I hope y'all have a great week. Bye. Peace.